This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Arkansas has hit Missouri week again. We're going to talk about that. Also, the basketball team is 2-0, and so season's in full swing there. It's just going to be me and you today talking, and uh, we're going to answer your questions as well. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. I just want to mention this before we get started. Hog Sports Cyber Monday deal is 75% off right now. This is the best deal that we do. So if you've ever thought about signing up at hogsports.com, now is the time to do it. 75% off. It breaks down to $0.07 cents a day. Name something you can get for $0.07 cents a day. $0.52 cents a week, two twenty four a month, and build at just $26.85 for the whole year. That's, that's the deal. That's the best one that we offer. We do some other things, like we've done some monthly deals and stuff like that, but nothing really touches the 75% off deal. It ends at eleven fifty nine, I believe, tonight. 10.59, 10.59 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight, which is um, the 30th of November. So this is our Cyber Monday special. Be sure to sign up, hawgsports.com. If you've ever wondered, like, how you can support what we do on the podcast or on this live show or, you know, some of the free content that we put out, this is this is how you support the show. $26.85 for the entire year. That's cheaper than anything. You're going to like what you see behind the curtains for what we do for our VIP subscribers. I hope some of you uh, tried out our free day that we ran last week to kind of give everybody a peek inside. We've had a ton of people take advantage of the 75% off deal. So it's a great way if you like insider Razorback coverage from the number one independent source doing it, then sign up right now. Okay. Appreciate you all listening to that. I'm not going to go over the other stuff, but it is Missouri week again. Obviously, the game was canceled last week. Missouri ended up playing Vanderbilt. And I watched that game. I'm sure a lot of you guys did. It wasn't much of a game. I mean, for the most part, we were just kind of wondering when Sarah Fuller was going to get an opportunity to kick. That's what the whole game became because Vanderbilt couldn't do anything against Missouri. It became, will Sarah Fuller get a shot? That's why I kept on watching. That's why I brought my daughter in. Of course, she didn't understand why girls weren't playing football anyway. But um, she did kick, but didn't get a field goal or extra point. But 41 nothing, Missouri. Derek Mason fired after the game. So, if you're, anybody was wondering heading into this season if coaches are still susceptible to being fired, yes, they are. Will Muschamp has been fired at South Carolina. Derek Mason has been fired at Vanderbilt. And I'm not terribly surprised. I mean, Vanderbilt doesn't put people in position anyway to win. Uh, you know, like really maybe two coaches in recent memory have, have done that. Uh, but uh, Derek Mason just hasn't had a whole lot of success there in his time there. He'd been given a lot of opportunities. This is a tricky year. Vanderbilt probably had more people opt out than anybody. I mean, like a lot of people you saw, like LSU had a lot of people opt out because they wanted to go pro. You know, Vanderbilt just had people opt out. So a little different, but Missouri went in that one handily. This is an interesting series because – 
some people call it kind of a manufactured series and you know, I appreciate what David Basil does on these things and I think this has just kind of evolved into one anyway. First of all, Missouri is beneath Arkansas, right? You're an Arkansas fan, you feel that. You feel that they're below you historically, program-wise, money-wise, facilities-wise, across the board. Missouri's beneath Arkansas. They've beaten Arkansas four years in a row. So there's nothing like a sense that you're above somebody, that this is a manufactured rivalry, the battle line rivalry, more like the borderline rivalry. Nothing feels more beneath you and then ticks you off when they win four in a row to create that sense of a rivalry. Eight and three overall. Arkansas has never beaten them in Columbia. They're 0-4. And then for a little added spice, Barry Odom. Barry Odom, who went eight and five the year before last and then went six and six last year when they found out that they were going to be uh, hit with sanctions and still became bowl eligible, although they weren't eligible. Their bowl trip was basically Little Rock last year to round out the season, a game which they won 24-14, three weeks after Chad Morris was fired at Arkansas. So Barry Odom goes eight and five. Why did they go four and four, something like that in the, in, in the conference? Last year I think they went three and five in the conference and went six and six. Didn't have a whole lot to play for, obviously, since they weren't going to a bowl game, and they fired him. A lot of people think that maybe Barry Odom shouldn't have been fired. I'm one of them. I don't think that the program was in disarray. I've heard some people say, suggest that this is the game to find out who's going to be SEC coach of the year. And I'm just thinking, well, Missouri's gone from three wins in SEC play to four overnight. Magical. I mean, I'm not discrediting anything that they've done, but, you know, Arkansas has won three games, really four. Should be Should be four. But even just the three, that's three times as many SEC games as they've won the last three years combined. That's a pretty remarkable turnaround. Not to discredit anything that Missouri has done or under Drinkwitz, but this has a lot of, you know, underlying stuff. I asked Sam Pittman about it today at the, at the teleconference or the, um, the Zoom press conference and uh, didn't really put a whole lot on, you know, Barry Odom. In fact, I think he kind of circumvented the question a little bit and didn't talk about it, and that's, that's kind of what you would expect. But you've got Barry Odom there. You've got Brad Davis, who was there. Uh, Sam Carter was a grad assistant. Or was he quality control? I believe he's quality control. Uh, but he was, uh, you know, he was there. So you've got connections all the way around. Pittman has a history there. Um, they played Georgia's played them the last four years also, so he's he's competed against them and his time at Arkansas, so he's competed against them, I guess, every year the past seven years. So he's got a connection with them in that sense also. Um, so yeah, a lot of interesting tie-ins. There, I mean, every game this season, every other game, I should say, there's something. Whether it's Georgia and Sam Pittman, Felipe Franks, and Florida. Barry Odom and Missouri. And, I mean, you've also got – I mean, there's other kinds of – like you know, Mike Leach. A lot of people wanted him to be the hire for Arkansas. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. A lot of people wanted him to be the hire for Arkansas. Eli Drinkwitz is a guy that a lot of people thought might be the next guy in line. Now, just to go over Drinkwitz's history a little bit, he was at Springdale – High school in 2004 under Gus Malzahn. So he's got a connection with him there. Also returned a little bit. I believe he went to Alma for a year and then returned maybe after all the Springdale 5 stuff uh, to be OC at Springdale. 
He was in quality control at Auburn when Malzahn was offensive coordinator there. He followed Malzahn to Arkansas State where he's running backs coach. He went from there to, I believe he stayed. Malzahn took the, took the job at Auburn, the head job, and Drinkwitz stayed at Arkansas State and took over as offensive coordinator. I believe from there went to Boise State eventually became offensive coordinator, parlayed that into an NC State coordinator job, and then took over for Scott Satterfield, who was having a lot of success at Appalachian State, but he never went 13-1 like Drinkwitz did last year. And then Drinkwitz lands the Missouri job, and I think he's getting like a million dollars more than what Barry Odom was paid. Sam Pittman says they communicate a lot. In fact, Drinkwitz uh, contacted him at 11.45 a week ago last Monday just to make sure he was up since he had to be up. They've kind of had a, a, a little bit of a new but fun relationship, you know, communicating each other. But, um, yeah, obviously this game was supposed to be played last week, this past weekend. And we'll find out on the Alabama game. I know a lot of people are questioning when is the Alabama game. We'll find out on Friday, December 4th when that game is and also kickoff time and all that information. I mean, it's not guaranteed to you. They could – who knows what could happen with scheduling, moving things around. I mean, obviously they want to get the teams that are in line to play a championship the opportunity to play that. But, I mean, Alabama's pretty much coasting on in there, aren't they? So, Missouri's 4-3. and three. They lost to Alabama to open the season only by 21 points. So, that's a good introduction for Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz is kind of like – he kind of has a chip on his shoulder. Just – I don't know if it should be there. It seems like he's kind of elevated through the ranks pretty good, but he will take questions, you know, like like regular in a press conference. I think one reporter asked him after the Alabama game, he's like, he had some success moving the ball against Alabama. You know, his response is like, you act like uh, you, you seem surprised, something like that, you know, so you seem surprised by that. So it's like he's kind of trying to take uh, offense where maybe a no offense is given. and I, Maybe that helps him keep his edge or whatever. Um, some people say it makes him sound arrogant and stuff like that. I don't know about that, but um, he certainly seems a little brash, chip on his shoulder kind of. They lost to Tennessee 35-12 in Knoxville the next week. So that's a comparable game. Arkansas played Tennessee, beat them, but it was at home. Tennessee was playing a little bit better early in the season. They did beat LSU. That was a tricky one. Now this was uh, at um, a Memorial Stadium for Outfield, so – it's, it's kind of hard to judge that one because Hurricane Delta moved that game, you know, up to Columbia. They won 45-41. Arkansas obviously lost to, uh, to LSU a close game uh, in Fayetteville. They beat uh, Kentucky 2010. They lost to Florida 41-17 in Gainesville. Arkansas also was hammered 63-35 to in Gainesville. So pretty similar there, 28-24 points. They didn't play the Georgia game. Uh, they beat South Carolina 17-10 in a game that probably could have been canceled uh, for on, on Missouri's end. Um, but they just, you know, they're running out of weeks to play games, so kind of had to play it. But they were just barely north of 50 players from what I've heard on that one. Beat Vanderbilt, obviously, last weekend 41-0. Four and three this season. Now, I'm not saying Arkansas is just going to, like – shock them with, you know, their play and everything. It should be a pretty competitive game, but Vanderbilt will feel like a sweetest massage after playing Arkansas this weekend. Arkansas is back to full health, 
pretty much. They got good results on their tests. So the way testing results, you have to you have to have a positive test where you can meet with the team once you've been off campus. Okay, so everybody, you know, a lot of people went home for Thanksgiving, did their thing, all that stuff. But the results on Sunday that they got back this morning on Monday were very positive. So they feel like they're going to be pretty close to full strength. There's a good good chance that they get Bo Lemmer back at right guard. I don't know if that means he'll replace Ty Clary or not, but they do feel pretty good about getting him back and possibly getting Noah Gatlin back, who's still undergoing some tests. But I think it looks more probable for, for Bo Lemmer to come back. So that's good news all the way around. And especially getting back some defensive tackles because Arkansas, as we know, has been uh, in a defensive end. I mean, in the LSU game, they were without three of their top four, two of their top three defensive tackles and all of their top four defensive ends, which is, is rough. You know, looking at them, Connor Bazelak, has a 141.51 passer rating. He doesn't have a whole lot of touchdown passes, only five touchdowns, two interceptions, 147 to 209 passing, which is 70.3%. So really good efficient, uh, really good completion percentage, 1,622 yards, 231 yards per game right now. You know, just looking at him as a recruit, recruited under Barry Odom, obviously class of 2019. So he's a redshirt freshman. Is that right? Or is he a sophomore? What is Basilak? I should know that. Anyway, 6'3", good arm, number 20, number, excuse me, number 13 ranked pro-style quarterback. He was just under four-star status. Some some sites had him as a four-star and was composite. He was a low, or excuse me, a high-end. Uh, excuse me, he was a high, he, excuse me, he was a four-star on his composite. 24/7 had him as a three-star, but he was a low-end four-star recruit coming out of high school. Redshirt freshman, Connor Bazelak. Larry Roundtree is another guy to watch. You guys are familiar with him, obviously. Again, not a guy that was, like, really highly recruited. I mean, he was recruited well. They, you know, brought him all the way from North Carolina. And he was recruited well. But not like – there's. if you look down this roster, you're not going to see, other than Basilak, you're not going to see, like, a bunch of four stars. Roundtree has 143 carries, 674 yards. Excuse me, 650 yards. 4.5 yards to carry, eight touchdowns. Tyler Beatty, Batty Beatty, has 177 yards. Now, he actually leads them in receiving. 5'10", 185 pounds. Leads them in catches, I should say. Jalen Knox is their top wide receiver. Three-star. Kiki Chisholm, another go-to guy. You know, I always look at their offensive line – you know, how they were recruited, all those kinds of things. They got Zeke Powell at left tackle, Juco transfer. Not, again, not a heavily recruited guy. He was a three-star recruit, originally from Alabama. He's a junior, so he's a first-year starter at a Coffeeville Community College. Luke Griffin, mid-high-end three-star recruit. Now, he had some options, Georgia, Alabama. He actually had some op- options, but he's the left guard. He goes 6'5". I'm not sure. It doesn't have an updated weight on his profile here. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Michael Mayetti, I believe is how you say it, I guess. He's a Rutgers transfer, grad transfer. Not a big guy, 6'1", 291 as a center. Originally from New Jersey. Case Cook at right guard. Case Cook is 6'5", 300, 10 starts last year. So he's really, out of all of them, he's the veteran out of all of them. 6'5", 300 pound. Javon Foster at right tackle, well-regarded player, a guy that they feel like has a lot of upside, 6'6", 310. So he's he's probably their biggest guy. Played two games last year as a redshirt freshman. So this is his first year as a starter also. So that's the offensive line for him. Nicholas Bolton on the other side of the ball is the guy to watch on defense. they got a good defense. Bolton's a little undersized, 5'11 guy at linebacker, mid-range to low-end three-star, only the 1,114 prospect in the country. So we know that Arkansas, that doesn't mean everything. Arkansas has got a guy like that in Grant Morgan, a little bit undersized, even lower recruited, was a former walk-on. You look at them on defense, total defense, Third in the SEC, only allowing 350.1 yards per game. Scoring defense, fifth in the SEC, 24.5 points per game allowed. I mean, you flip that over to Arkansas, they're 10th, 30.9 points allowed. 42.6, excuse me, 427.6 in total defense. 10th in the SEC, so nothing too spectacular there for Arkansas, though it does feel generally like they play better on defense than what the numbers end up saying. And probably a lot of that has to do with making a bunch of interceptions. As far as tackles, Bolton, first of all, Grant Morgan. Again, I just mentioned Grant, undersized linebacker, very lightly recruited. 104 tackles for Grant, 13 tackles per game, leading the SEC. Jalen Catalan's second, by the way. 86 tackles. Bumper pulls fourth, 82 tackles. But you got Bolton there at seventh. 
got Bolton there at seventh. 76 tackles, 10.86 per game. So, fairly similar teams when you look at it in a, in a lot of ways. Both of them still, you know, kind of wearing a little bit of Barry Odom on defense. We mentioned Arkansas could easily be 5-3 and three this year. A couple bad calls against LSU go a different way. The Auburn game was basically robbed by referee error, both in the game and on replay. They could easily be 5-3. and three. They could also easily be 0-8. I mean, their five wins are – or excuse me, their, their three wins are very close. Missouri, not really – you know, Missouri – Missouri either won notably or significantly aside from LSU. That, that game could have gone either way. Um, but the games that they lost are all, you know, pretty convincing losses. So there's not like this if this has just happened a little differently. Nothing like that. 11 a.m., SEC Network, Arkansas, Missouri. Three common opponents, Tennessee, Florida, LSU. They didn't play Georgia yet, obviously. That would have been four. Another personal game. I mean, you know, flipping over to basketball real quick. Arkansas obviously is two and zero. They got a couple of games coming up here this week, and it makes you wonder, like, who who should start? We'll have uh, we'll have Curtis Wilkerson on at the end of the week, and he can talk a little bit more basketball stuff with us. But if you like basketball coverage, you're going to want to make sure you subscribe to Hog Sports because Curtis is about to really, really bring it. I think you're going to see that here shortly. Already has some of the stuff he's doing with basketball coverage. Curtis has a really uh, strong knowledge, not only of Razorback basketball, but just the game in general. He's a former NAIA player and coach. He's been in administration on that level. And he's worked at busting brackets, prep hoops. And he's been with us for like, what, five or six months, something like that. Doing a great job. I think it's Desi Sills, Note, Moody, Justin Smith, Connor Vanover. That's who that's what that would be my starting five right now. Some people say, you know, Sills or Note off the bench. I like that group. Tate's, I mean, as somebody mentioned we have a thread going right now on the Razor's Edge VIP forum. Somebody mentioned, you know, Jalen Tate held um, North Texas's standout score to, to five points. So that's notable. There's a lot of different opinions on that one. Let's look at the schedule coming up for basketball. That's women's basketball. So, Mississippi Valley State, 142-62. North Texas, 69-54. That was, I mean, obviously surprising. They didn't – they doubled up their own point total from the previous game. So, UT, UT Arlington on Wednesday and then Saturday Lipscomb at 5. So, Saturday's a full day. you got the Missouri game at 11. That will be wrapping up around 2.30. Get a couple hours to take a break, and then you got Lipscomb. Where is Lipscomb? Up in, like, Pennsylvania or something, aren't they? Lipskin. Okay, I want to get to your questions now. I mean, we we pretty much we you know, this is kind of like a rehasher because we did the Missouri game last week. So this is Arkansas hits Missouri week again. 
and then we'll find out on the Alabama game after this. So, and then hopefully a bowl game. You know, Sam Pittman seems pretty adamant. Hey, we won three SEC games. If you schedule right, you know, you probably go three or four wins in non-conference. So that's six or seven wins, and you know, you don't have to have any. There's no like limit on how many wins you have to. You, you go zero and ten, and still make a bowl game. I guess so. Um, there's been a lot of projections. I've seen Arkansas projected to go to Nashville for the Music City Bowl a lot lately. The latest one that I saw, I believe, over the weekend from 24-7 Sports had Arkansas going to the uh, the Outback Bowl in Florida, playing Indiana, who they also were slated to play on a projection a few weeks ago, but playing in, in the Music City Bowl. Before I get to your questions, I want to remind you one more time, 75% off right now. This is today only. 75% off for an annual VIP membership. That's our best deal that we offer. It breaks down to just $26.85 for the entire year. It's $2.24 a month, $0.52 a week, $0.07 a day. Go to hawgsports.com. It's part of the 24-7 Sports Network. You'll see the deal right there. There's a big banner ad right there. You can you can click on it for more information, or you can just click in green where it says 75% off deal. This is a great deal. We've got recruiting coming up. Basketball's about to be in full swing. You'll have spring football. This will take you through pretty much the entire football season next year. Take you through the football season next year. See what everybody's talking about. See what you're missing. If you've ever wondered, now's the time to sign up. Okay. Appreciate you listening to that. And thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who have subscribed. Most of all of our subscribers came in on some kind of promotion. We always find like the hardest deal is to get people through the door. And then once they get through, they're like, oh, I didn't know this was here. I didn't know you had this. This is cool. This is fun. All the information in one place. And first, that's nice. So thank you to all the members that have been with us and support us forever. And those of you who are interested, please do take this opportunity to sign up. We'd really appreciate it. J.P. Gregory says, are there players that could be a surprise commit with coaches being let go of their prospective schools? It's possible. I mean, I I don't know if I could say that there's anybody specifically, but Danny West, probably the best guy to, to ask for that. We do expect most everybody to sign early who has signed. Arkansas has 20 commitments now. And so we expect most everybody to sign early and a good number of them to enroll early. But Danny's got all that broken down on Hog Sports. Adrian Jones says, we haven't beaten Missouri since they've been in the SEC. That's not true, is it? They've been in the SEC since 2012, I think. So just hadn't been in the last four years. Anthony Longinati says, once I think, yeah. Adrian says, hopefully we can get the, that battle line trophy since we didn't get the boot. Should have, yes. Josh Gar says, 35-21, we pick Suey. Scott Hickman says, any word on when they might start thinking about the baseball schedules? It's a good question, Scott. I don't, I don't have the answer to that, unfortunately. Don Elder says, very positive and lots, as in lots of negatives, yes. Sounds like they're going to be good to go now. I wonder a little bit like this next test. So they'll test again Tuesday, get those results back Wednesday. Because a lot of people, I would assume, went home. You, you know, you mixed it up with people on Thanksgiving. You know, who knows what's going to happen with testing. And it, it's, it's not like it's just going to happen 
I mean, like you, you're in contact with somebody and boom, you're sick. So this next test could, could mean a lot and could mean a lot. We don't know what Missouri stands like right now because they do their regular uh, press conference on Tuesday. So we'll find out from Drinkwitz how things look tomorrow, I guess. Josh Carr says, how do you have 1,600 passing yards and only five touchdowns? I, I thought it was a typo, Josh. I did. That's not a lot of touchdown passes. I guess they get close. <laughs> I don't know. That's not a lot of touchdown passes, but they're not having a problem scoring, I guess. Timothy Wisenant says, Woo Pig from California. Thank you for not pushing this as a rivalry game stuff. I mean, it is a little bit, though, Timothy, just because – Missouri's beneath Arkansas, and they've beaten Arkansas three, four times in a row. Randall Lewis says, will we have Boyd back? I think it's pretty, pretty good bet that anybody that missed the LSU game is going to be back for this one. Anybody that missed the LSU game should almost, without doubt, be back for this one. So, yes, I think you can count on having Rakeem Boyd back. Scott Hickman says, four-star D-tackle Marcus Bradley out of MD – Decommits from Maryland, out of Maryland, decommits from Maryland, November 2. We offer him November 4th. He commits to Vandy, November 27th. Two days later, Derek Mason gets fired. Maybe we'll have a better chance with him now. 175 national per 24-7. Timothy Wisenant says, is this live on YouTube also? I enjoy when it's posted to YouTube so I can open the other apps and still hear a great show. We always run it on Facebook. So Facebook does – Facebook is good to us at Hog Sports, Okay. We drive a lot of traffic from Facebook, so it's kind of like, I don't know if you'd want to say a thank you or whatever. I don't know how you want to put it, but we want to make sure, like, we're renting this space on Facebook, basically. We're not, but we are, okay? So this is like our side site because we put all of our free content on Facebook, so we want to generate people, you know, generate people who like this show, people who like the content. We put out all our free content on Facebook, so we want people to follow that. And click on our content. So we run this on Facebook, and YouTube is just kind of secondary. Also put it on YouTube afterwards, after we do it live here. So we don't run it live on YouTube. We just run it live here. And then, of course, you can listen to the podcast version anywhere you listen to podcasts. Adrian Jones says, Jalen Catalan will have to sit out in the first half. Yes, he will. It's unfortunate. You know, I watched that Missouri-Vanderbilt game, and there's a hit early on. Uh, on the Missouri def- Missouri defender hits uh, the Vanderbilt running back coming out of the backfield. It's unnecessary. It's helmet to helmet, and nothing is thrown. He just gets away with it. Later in that game, I see a hit where they do throw the flag. It's about five times worse than Jalen Catalan's hit. It's not targeting. He doesn't hit him in the hel- helmet or anything. It's not targeting, uh, and they overturn it like they should have. But that's two hits in that game that I saw. Neither player was ejected, and both of them, one of them was 100 times worse than Jalen Catalan's, and one of them was about five, ten times worse than Jalen Catalan's, although that one wasn't targeting either. Mark Curl sucks. SEC officiating sucks. You do a bad job. You do a bad job. You're doing a bad job. I listened to Tony Boas 
podcast the other day on uh, the Hog Pod. If y'all haven't listened to that, it's pretty good. He talks about when he went into the rest the dressing room after the Auburn game when Arkansas got hosed back in two thousand and what was that two thousand three, I believe. I remember Matt Jones had that long run. George Wilson gets called for a hold. He felt like they were every time they had a long run, there was a flag. Like it was like they were preventing him. He said it was rigged. He went into the dressing room, the referee dressing room after the game and let the referees have it, got a letter of reprimand from the SEC. And then he felt like the next game when they played Florida, if you remember Arkansas raced back and had a chance to, to win that. It's like third and four, and Bua gets hit with a late hit, personal foul, something like that, that he was adamant that shouldn't have been that. I can't really remember. felt like there was some kind of contact, but the rules were a little bit different back then. But he said on the very first play – He's just trotting over to the plate, hadn't said anything, and a ref just jumps down his throat saying, we're not going to put up with that kind of talk, 22. We're not putting up with that. You'll be out of here. And he's like, he didn't even say anything. So he felt like the refs were out to get him. I think there was some other call in the game where he said he felt like the refs maybe had talked after his incident where he went into the locker room to read him the riot act. It's a good listen. Timothy says, no way it was targeting should be overturned. Adrian says, maybe Sills and Tate at guard. Maybe. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Where they only play like eight in the last game? They played a lot of people in the game before that. It could just depend on who, what kind of opponent they're playing. But I feel like this. Connor Vanover needs to be on the court. I mean, he had what, like in the last game, like ten rebounds, six blocks. He can score. He's a strong defender. I'll tell you what, he went down at one point, and it looked like he was holding his knee. He went down so slow and grimaced his face, and I was just like, oh, crap. This is a season right here. It's over. But he got up and started playing. I mean, like everybody I talked to was like, (gasps) when he went down. You know what I'm talking about. But I feel like Vanover's got to be out there. He's just a mismatch for everybody. You can't cover him from deep. He's too tall. You can't shoot on him. Even if he doesn't block it, it's getting altered. Nice addition. He's got a real, real future. I mean, how big would he have been last year? I mean, obviously you didn't have an opportunity to make any noise postseason. Maybe it's better. I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that maybe he won't be here that long. I could see that happening. He's so tall and can shoot. Really like this team, and I knew I would. They got two votes, I think, in the AP Top 25 this week. They're eventually going to get in the Top 25. I don't know if their non-conference schedule is going to allow them to get in there or not, but once conference play starts, I think they got a real shot. They've got got a lot of weapons. You think when they start figuring things out, who's our go-to guy? Is it Note? Is it Moody? Is it Vanover? A lot of fun stuff to figure out with this team. I haven't been to a game because Curtis has been going to the basketball games. I haven't heard, and he didn't say this, but I heard from somebody who went. It was a little bit, you know, just disappointing, the energy. They had some, you know, the crowd noise. They, they He said the crowd noise was just kind of like pingy a little bit. It just kind of was annoying more than anything. They'll get it figured out, improve the environment a little bit been good watching on tv i was worried football games wouldn't be fun to watch in person but they've been they've been great to watch in person 
but I'm disappointed to hear that in basketball because this has a chance to be a really, really special year. Larry Bateman says, checking in from FLW Mo. Hopefully can go see the Hogs this weekend. Columbia haven't had that much luck. TJ there the past few visits. Maybe that will change Saturday. Yeah, the last time I went to Missouri, obviously I went not last year, but the year before when they were in Columbia, 2018, Chad Morris's last game that season, Arkansas's last game that season. And you talk about a team that did not want to be there. I've, I've never seen an Arkansas team that is just like, like who cares? I mean, the season was down the tube. They'd only won two games. There's absolutely nothing to play for. It's cold. It's rainy. Let's get this game over with and get out of here 38 nothing. I mean, that's that's wasn't the first sign for Chad, but when you thought back, you know, like the 2017, 2018 under Petrino, you know, that team wasn't a great team. They had some moments where they were close here and there, but they ended the season beating LSU. So much momentum in the offseason from that game. This is just one example after another of just – I'm not getting into it. It was 38 nothing. Arkansas played like crap. They deserved to lose by the way that they approached the game. It was cold. It was rainy. They didn't want to be there. Bottom line. It's going to be cold in this one too. I think maybe like 40s, 40 degrees, 40 something degrees. I don't think it's supposed to rain as of now, but a lot can change between now and then. Ed Strauss says, "Good Lord, it's been two games. In what capacity?" For basketball, what do you mean? Andrew Sims says, Indiana just lost QB, but saw that projection as well. Yeah, the Phoenix kid. Aaron Scott Cagle says, I will sign up today, buddy. I love watching you and following you. Appreciate that, Aaron. If you want to be like Aaron, sign up. 75% off right now. Promise you're going to be glad you did. I'm not going to put you through the spill again, but I promise you, you're going to like what you see. I think I'm 11th right now in the network, Hog Sports. I don't mean to say I. It's more of a family deal, but me, Danny, Curtis, all the members. We're 11th right now in new signups in the network on our 75% off deal. The last time we did a big promotion, we were number one. I think we're third in the SEC. So I like I like winning those. I like I like people, you know, looking at that and saying, "What's Arkansas doing up there?" You know, in our network, knowing that we're population wise and stuff like that. What are they doing over there? How come they have so many signups? I love that. I think you do too, as an Arkansas fan. You love people seeing Arkansas where they're not supposed to be. Lauren Morris says we beat Pink, uh, Missouri Pinkles retirement here. Yes, they should have beat them the next year. They had a 17.0 lead, or 17-0 lead at halftime and let it slip away. That was one of two games. That's when things really started taking a dive. You know, I can really point to maybe that Auburn game where they lost like 51-3 uh, that year in, uh, at Auburn. Um, but they kind of they put it back together. They lost to Missouri, had a 17-point lead on Missouri. They had a 24-point lead on Virginia Tech in the bowl game. That's when things really started to nosedive for Bielema. And then, of course, he got fired that next year. Lipscomb is in Nashville. Thank you. Nashville. You're right. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of 
similar sounding name school. Timothy Wisenant says, what's the chance we flip the home state defensive player from Texas A&M? Oh, um, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's been a long time now. You're talking about the cornerback from Fort Smith Northside. Alex Ruppel says, how many extra practices will we get by going to a bowl game? That's a good question. Normally, I think it's like, what is it, 15 or something? But it's a good question because it's going to be obviously shortened because you'll have, you know, the SEC championship game is December 19th. Next week's Christmas. Todd Wilfong says, so is anyone actually considering this a rivalry game? I hate how it was kind of forced thing like, hey, guys, here's your new rivalry, kind of not how rivalries work. You know what I thought they missed out on? And I, I get the SEC is like, oh, we can make a lot of money with this LSU thing, uh, LSU Texas A&M game will replace Arkansas. But really, like if you're going to make a rivalry weekend game, does it not need to be Arkansas-Texas A&M, which has a huge, long history, instead of Arkansas-Missouri, which had played like five games? in their career, I mean, in their history as programs, even though they're neighboring states. It is a it is a forced rivalry. I do feel like it is maybe taken on a little bit different sense because of, as I mentioned, there is a sense that Missouri doesn't belong to be called a rivalry against Arkansas. Arkansas has felt the other way of that coin a little bit in the past. Maybe the LSU series, maybe the way they view Texas versus the way Texas views Arkansas. But Missouri definitely – not as good, not as good as Arkansas as a program, but they've won four in a row. They're eight and three, I think, all time against Arkansas. That's got to sting a little bit. I think it does. I think that's how rivalries get started. You've also got this Barry Odom factor. That's that's something to think about. I guarantee you it's a rivalry to him right now. I mean, that's his alma mater. Josh Gar says, honest opinion. What do you think has happened to Rakeem Boyd's performance from last year? Most people had him pegged as a top five back. I think injuries. You know, he had that injury early in the season. I think it's just it's just plagued him. You know, we haven't seen that breakaway. See, we still see him, you know, pull through some tackles and stuff like that. But Laura Moore says, I fully agree, Trey, on feeling Missouri is below us. I actually believe A&M is below us, but has gotten lucky on a few games. I mean, even though Texas A&M has won, what, eight or nine in a row, I can't even remember the count now. Uh, Arkansas still owns the lead in the overall series. Some would have to say that A&M has more success historically than Arkansas has. I guess you could say that. Head-to-head, I mean, until these last nine games, that ain't even been close. Arkansas has owned Texas A&M. Not, not, not now. Casey French Fulton says, I guess your checks post to speak with the SEC did not go – it did not did no good yeah I mean there wasn't it wasn't going to happen just because the way the rules are, are written the re, the replay is the review basically Aaron Scott Cagle said had about 20 rebounds I believe yeah it felt like I mean 16 rebounds six blocks appreciate that Andrew yeah John Ellison says when do we play Vandy in football um it's going to be a bit – I would have to look at the future schedules, but it's going to be a little bit. They just played them year before last. Hey, Trey, love the show, says Georgie Luis Carlos. Hey, Trey, love the show. I thought the Hogs were playing Bama this season. What happened? So, they were supposed to play Bama this weekend. 
which is supposed to be the last weekend of the season. But the Missouri game got canceled, so they shifted the Alabama game out, moved Missouri to play in Vanderbilt, and Missouri now plays Arkansas this weekend. And then they should be playing Alabama next weekend, December 12th. They should be, but we don't know that 100%. We won't know it till December 4th. But they should be playing that unless something happens with a bunch of cancellations and they got to move things around again. Joey Huto says, Juracek is just a stupid little puppet who won't do anything at all. They had to do is tell him to hush. He hush. Eh, you don't know that. Lauren Morris says they canceled it. Some explanations. Don Eldred said, in announcing the schedule changes, Sankey thanked everyone for their flexibility except for the fans who buy the tickets. Steve Welton says, Curls, who sucks, needs to be kicked out of the SEC. Probably won't happen, though. I mean, I agree that he shouldn't be calling Arkansas games. I mean, 2009, he robbed Arkansas of that game. I've gone over that game. I mean, it's, it's pathetic how that game turned out and the calls that were made in that game and the no calls. I mean, that game was basically like, we're not going to give you a chance to win this game, Arkansas. You don't have a chance. We're going to protect Florida's perfect record so they can go to the SEC championship game, play an undefeated Alabama, undefeated Florida. I don't know if Alabama was undefeated, but they weren't. They only had one loss. Anyway, and then, you you know, you fast forward 11 years later, and he's doing the same thing to Arkansas again. The suspension didn't matter. He's still screwing Arkansas over because he sucks. SEC officiating sucks. John Ellison says we could have a power five, a power five first against Vandy blocking a female kicker. We need to make history with this team. They're not playing. What does that mean, mean, John? Anyway, it was a historic moment with a female kicker. I certainly watched, made sure my daughter watched, as I said. She didn't understand why girls weren't playing football anyway. Where are we at here? All right. One more time, everybody. Sign up for 75% off. This ends tonight at 10.59 p.m. Central Standard Time. Today is November 30th. It's a Monday. This is when the deal ends. There's plenty. You go to hogsports, H-A-W-G-sports.com. You'll see plenty of information about this offer. There's no promo code or anything like that. Just sign up and you'll get the deal. You're going to enjoy it. There's a reason that we've had the success that we've had, and it's because we work tirelessly. If anybody else that we feel like is outworking us, we just work harder. We just work more. Some great connections with Danny West, his VIP recruiting coverage. Most of his stuff is VIP. Curtis Wilkerson also adding a lot. In addition to the free content we do on basketball, the VIP stuff, of course you get my opinions, my takes, inside information that we get from the team, from inside sources. It's a great service, our great community, the Razor's Edge VIP Forum. Great place to interact with like-minded Hog fans. It is a family feel. You're going to like it. All right, everybody, sign up for it if you haven't done so already. So, Arkansas, Missouri this week. We'll be back with you guys on Thursday. we got some more surprises up our sleeve at Hog Sports that you're going to like. I think that's it, everybody. I think we did it for today. So we'll be back with you guys Thursday. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.